Stories connect us as humans. A well-told story can motivate and inspire us. Storytelling is the ultimate superpower. Be The Drop is a weekly podcast that investigates how to tell stories that engage. Join me, Amelia Veal, on our shared journey to become better storytellers. In episode 285, Director of Operations at Yelling Up Cheese Co, Alana Hill-Ling explains the steps she took to build her passion into a business. With a background in winemaking and a passion for eating cheese, Alana took proactive action and worked hard to build her business. Learning on the go and not being afraid to ask for help, Alana shares lessons she's learnt, tips for success and some things to avoid. This is Alana's version of Be The Drop. Are you starting a podcast? Narrative Marketing delivers a full range of podcast production and training options. Visit narrativemarketing.com.au or hit the link in the show notes for more details. Lana, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on for the next episode of Be The Drop. Thanks. Pleasure to be with you. So Overdue. You, well overdue. I know. We've been talking about this for ages and you're in Western Australia. I would have liked to have done this in person, but it's been a challenge, hey? Um, yes. The island within an island. Yeah. Challenging time. And we might talk about that a bit more, you know, when further in the interview about the challenges that's put for you in business, uh, you know, and in life. <laughs> yeah. But let's get started to introduce you so listeners can know a little bit about your story. I wonder if you could share a bit of a moment. We're going to focus, obviously, you're also a qualified winemaker and you've done great things in, in the wine space, but we're going to talk cheese. And I'd love to know what it was. Where was this moment? Was there one? Was it a collection of things? Like what happened to get you on this journey that you are now? Absolutely. Uh, look, it's been a, a journey very intertwined with wine for me. It all sort of began with traveling around the world with wine um, and being exposed to just different cultures, living in Europe, eating cheese on a daily basis, uh, really sort of started my journey into, I guess, moving past Mersey Valley and Coon and, you know, craft singles, which was a pretty standard, you know, upbringing in terms of cheese. So the light bulb moment probably for me was vintage 2006. I was working in Burgundy and the gentleman who was working in the cellar at that same winery with me, um, his family had a cheesery. And I think he just observed how much cheese I ate on a daily basis throughout vintage. <laughs> I just thought, oh, my God, <laughs> she is possibly one of the most unique people I've ever met. She can consume more cheese than me as a cheesemaker's son sort of thing. So he invited me to actually go and, I guess, see how the family operation worked. And so I spent a couple of months sort of touring through there, helping them out with the cheese making. And I just had this in my mind. One day, I just want to incorporate cheese into my life. And I had no concept really of what that meant or how I was going to incorporate it. But I knew that at some point I wanted to pursue that. So coming back from working that vintage, I actually embarked on the Certificate 3 in um, food manufacturing, specifically focused on cheese, which is held at the Regency TAFE in Adelaide. So I did that in the background while I was winemaking still. So really wasn't until we moved west um, that the opportunity presented itself to actually start a cheese making business and it was in conjunction with a winery so it all sort of clicked together and made sense in my mind to I guess take that leap of faith and say right 
cheese making and selling cheese is part of my world now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's been a, a journey probably over 15 years, realistically, 15, nearly, nearly 20. <laughs> <Not that far. laughs> I know, we don't want to age ourselves. No. Um, but the interesting thing about your story, and I think this is something that people underestimate in their own stories, is the threads of your story that start well before. Because if somebody asked you, when did you start your cheese business? So what year was that? Uh, it was 2015. Right, so 2015. But this cheese business started you know, well before that with all these threads that were happening, your passion, your interests, and that, you know, the, the guy that goes, well, hey, do you want to come and see how our family makes cheese? You know, all those seeds are planted there and then you're bringing that together. Um, but, but then when you, when you got to Western Australia and you're in the beautiful Margaret River, how do you go, oh, okay, so now there's an opportunity. I, I could do this. Uh, so what do you do? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Look, it was... Um... So the location that we're based now is not the same as where we first started. We actually outgrew the space quite quickly, but um, I'd sort of become acquaintances, I suppose you could say, with a winemaking family who had this great little, um, I guess, family business. They just made a couple of wines. They had a beautiful cellar door, really, really great wines. I really loved their wines. And she'd always said that she wanted to incorporate something that was more than just having a little provador on site. And so they actually said to me look if we build you a cheesery will you actually you know start this this business here and we can do it in conjunction with each other's brands and it just felt right there was something I couldn't explain it just that going with your gut feeling that yes this is actually the right way to start this um you know I knew nothing when I said yes to that I had no idea what it meant to build a cheesery to start this business I just went wicked I've been waiting for this for so long let's go um and I didn't have a lot of fear surrounding it I just because it had been in my mind and this evolution of one day I'm going to do something with that uh I just yeah jumped head first in the deep end really and you know sometimes I think you have to do that I think if you give it too much thought and you wait for that perfect moment that you know you're not necessarily going to to be on a successful journey necessarily. I think you just need to sort of take things as they're presented and just go, yep, I got this and back mm. yourself. Yeah, I think hindsight is a wonderful thing for learning. Mm. But also if we had hindsight all the time, we'd never do anything. So. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's a double-edged sword. But so then for you in that, those first startup sort of days, what were the biggest challenges? You know, obviously it's a big learning curve. What were mm. some of those, you know, and what takeaways? Like what are the things you now know? that if you did that sort of start again, what would you do different? What are the couple of big challenges and big takeaways for you? Yeah, I guess in the early stages, as any small business owner will know, that you are the jack of all trades. You do everything and not having any concept of how much stuff you're going to have to do. You do actually just live and breathe this business. And for me, I had a, a two and a, you know, so I had a one and a three-year-old, sorry. So having that in the background, plus a wine business, plus this cheese, and thinking that I could outsource a lot of those in the early stages, but the cost associated with doing that was prohibitive. So it really fell back on me to have to be everything to everybody in those early stages. And yeah, maybe just giving a bit of thought around the structure as to how that small business is going to work, you know, where that revenue is going to be coming from where your strengths actually truly lie and do you have the capacity to bring in other people to sort of fill in the gaps so for me I didn't give that enough thought I really just sort of thought it would all pan out and didn't give it 
enough, yeah, enough structure in the early days. So going back now, I'd certainly do that slightly differently. Um, and understanding that human resource management, whether you enjoy it or not, is part of your life the minute you start a small business. And getting to understand how your staff work, how things need to operate, um, you know, interactions between staff, between yourself, you've, you've got to be all over it. And I think it's something a lot of people push to the side and, and don't give thought as to how the culture of the, the business works within, you know, your own staff base and then how that translates in terms of your business to the outside world. Mm. So there's the two big things probably that I've learned a lot about um, through trial and error and recognising now that a lot more structure probably could have been given to those things in the early days to make sure that we succeeded along the path that I had in my mind. Mm. And, you know, an exciting journey. You outgrew that initial, you know, you did that startup. You had those challenges. What was the steps then? You go, okay, well, this has grown, like that growth trajectory. How did you then go and set up a new facility? Yeah, well, I, th- I suppose I was lucky in the sense that being part of another wine brand, we had another cellar door which was bigger. Um, it meant that the brands that I was part of could work together rather than sort of, I guess, facilitating growth and development in somebody else's brand. Uh, so it all sort of happened at the right time. It was more circumstantial in some ways that they, at Windows, the original venue sort of said, hey, you're outgrowing this space and we're not sure if this can continue with the, the size of, you know, I guess, the cellar door. And yeah, the opportunity came up to renovate this sort of side room in the venue for Goon Tycoons, which is part of the wine brand that I'm part of. So yeah, it was just really fortuitous timing that all of that came about. And, you know, it it allowed us to build the Goon Tycoons brand into something at the same time that the cheese business could expand. And yeah, I think sometimes it's, again, it's recognising when an opportunity presents itself that feels right. And yeah, taking the steps to, yeah, I guess, pursue that. And yeah, for me, so much of my journey has been gut feeling, gut instinct, which I know isn't particularly technical and you can't necessarily write a lot of structure surrounding that, but it's really going, yep, this feels right. And doing those basic numbers and and making sure that things look right on paper, but really just trusting yourself and saying, I got this and what's the worst that can happen? It fails. Mm. Were the, the greatest support things that you had? Like what, what supported you? Was it tools, resources, people? How, you know, sometimes in those challenging times or the difficult times when you're like, okay, and there might have been those seeds of do I got this? <laughs> have I got yeah, this? Yeah. You know, and you might question yourself, what is it? Where did you turn? What helped you through those periods? Yep, I think just through having a lot of connections in the wine industry anyhow and being part of a lot of, committees and boards and things like um, chamber of commerce and small business um, development schemes in the southwest have been really good to be a part of uh, sitting in on regular meetings for those just hearing other people's stories a lot of the time you know I think when you're in your own business you get so um, focused on your journey and oh my god stuff's not going right or things are going right and so it's really like that sort of peer support, like, you know, that maybe it's the breaking of isolation and breaking the cycle of feeling stuck in your head as a small business owner yeah. and having other people. Is that, you know, is it that level that's really been a big yeah, step for you? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I haven't got my family here in, in the West. So, you know, I would bat a few bits and pieces, you know, back and forwards when I was speaking on the phone with them. But I think for me, it's really about having people that are in industry that have more targeted um 
you know approach to a, a question that you might have and yeah I can learn better from that than just sort of batting it off of random people's ears so yeah for me it, that gave me some structure to what I was doing because I sort of went in very green and thinking I'll oh, just pick this up as I go along you know I'm intelligent enough to work out how business happens you know it'll be fine people will buy this stuff no idea of marketing no idea of sales but I knew that the product you know was good and the story was you know authentic and yeah, I've had to learn a lot of that along the way. So mm. recognising that I needed help along the way and going into those sorts of platforms to, to seek it, I think mm. was you know, a really big part of it, recognising where you need to get help and talking to the right people about it. Yeah, So and, and not having the pride or ego to not ask, to not fear. Oh, absolutely. Fear like, oh, will I, yeah, will I look like I don't know what I'm doing? Going, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Can you help? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 100%. Yeah, so, yeah. And it's so, great when you, you sort of go into those forums and you say to someone, I have no idea how to do marketing, for example. And we go, oh, well, interestingly, I'm really good friends with this marketing person and you get hooked up and it's a great way to form relationships in business and also external to business too. Mm. I think that's really important. Keep that, you know, keep all the fingers sort of spreading out into different areas and make sure you're, you're I guess, well connected throughout the business world. Mm. And so then for you, your story, you know, you've got an authentic story, um, but how did you build that marketing? How did you build the storytelling aspect of a brand new business and, and product range? You know, how do you go about that from scratch? I think anyone that knows me knows I don't generally uh, shut up. Um, storytelling and talking <laughs> is kind of my strength. So I always had that element and I knew, I guess, in some ways that that was a big part of the marketing and sales side of things. I guess what I wasn't prepared for in the early days is that Western Australia's demographic is so different to the East Coast in that there's all this money floating around, but people are not necessarily focused on food and wine and that lifestyle piece quite the same way they are in, say, South Australia, Victoria, where you've got a European background. So here, a lot of people, when they think about really good quality food and wine, and if they want to impress would always turn to European or overseas rather than looking in their own backyard. So I really went up against that sort of headspace and people sort of coming in going, well, popped up by West Australia and it's all the stuff that's produced here is just generic and crap when I can buy, you know, fromage d'affinois from Coles. Um, so I guess having to really recognise that in the early stages and say, well, how am I going to get people through the door and wanting to spend money on an artisan product which is going to cost, you know, twice what it costs to buy a wheel of cheese at Coles. So for me, it was recognising that taking people on a journey through cheese and also wine, incidentally, you know, taking them through that journey and educating and empowering them to make some decisions beyond what they see in the Coles supermarket aisle sort of thing. That was the important thing for yelling up cheese and to say, well, hey, come in. We want you to try some styles of cheese you've never tried before. This is why we do it because it's regional, it's seasonal, you know, cheese does have a season. No one knows that, you know, until you sit down and go, hey, did you know that summer milk tastes different to winter? So getting, yeah. <laughs> Who thinks See? about that? Cheesemakers. I know. <laughs> Smell your milk. It smells different in winter to summer. Just trust me. Um, so doing that, actually hosting classes and teaching people how to make cheese, getting it to be more experience-based than just coming in and going, oh, do you have any free tasters? Yeah. No, I'll just buy a thing of feta from the supermarket instead because it's half the price. So 
getting people to engage on that level and then they become your brand ambassadors you know they talk to other people and and that's a huge sales platform for us is that word of mouth and referral Mm. but I love what you you know what you're explaining there you know you've taken a lot of time to understand who you're selling to to not just go Mm. I want you to buy I have this good product you should buy you've gone what do they need where are they coming from what is their experience and how can I bring them on this journey and you know you've really done an education piece and then Mm. I love that you've created experiences because you haven't just gone well I have this you should buy it because I say you should you've 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 gone in their shoes and really helped walk them with you which I think is fabulous you know that's really smart yeah, and look, I think too, you are your brand as well. Like people recognize me, I am part of Yelling Up Cheese. And so to be out there, to be visible, to get in and talk to the customers and see that you are just another person and, you know, to not make people feel stupid about not understanding that there are seasons in cheese or that, you know, specific wine varieties are grown in specific places. Bring people in and on that journey and make them feel comfortable to make a decision once they've left your premises and, you know, be involved and engaged and be able to tell that story the next time they go and see somebody and they have a, a cheese and wine platter. They can, you know, spurt out a few interesting tasting notes and why these cheese, you know, things are really delicious versus, you know, what they had last time. So people love to be able to sound like experts at the end of the day. And so if you can empower them to just feel that little bit more educated about what they're showcasing to other people, you you have a, a loyal customer, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love it when I learn new things and then I have the opportunity to tell other people, I'm like, did you know? And I'm like, yep. oh, my gosh. What other hats? What other things did you go? This was something that I learned and now I like to tell people about it in the business side of things or the communication of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think first and foremost, make sure that you can identify if what you're really passionate about is something that needs to be a hobby and that you want to do in your spare time, or do you want to make a career out of it? Because if you want to make a career out of it, you're going to have to know it to the nth degree. So equip yourself, I suppose, with as much information as you can about how that journey is going to look. You know, if you don't know how to make it, you don't know how to sell it, find a way to learn and be prepared to learn on the on the fly pretty quickly as well. Be really uh, I guess able to pivot and that's that huge term that we get thrown around at the moment particularly post-COVID the ability to be flexible within your business model you know you're going to have to adapt you're going to have to change you know yelling up cheese where it sits now looks really different to where it started and that's not a bad thing it just means that over that time that I've learned okay certain things work and certain things don't and then we really focus in and, and hone the sale of what works and just forget about what doesn't use it as a learning experience. You know, I think so many people think that this journey, you know, it's going to be all lights and wonderful and everyone's going to love the product. Sometimes shit just doesn't go right. And you have to look at it and go, well, nothing is wasted. I've, I've learned something from that and you move on and you do something better. So yeah, for me, that ability to adapt and be flexible, I wasn't naturally good at that in the early stages. I've had to learn to accept negative feedback and criticism um you know customers staff all sorts of things you're going to have to be pretty thick skinned through through small business and business in in general um but that whole visibility piece i think now more than ever is really important you know you have to front your brand you know there's so many brands out there and when we're in a situation like 
post-COVID where there's sometimes limited capacity to get out and about and, and see people in person. You've got to work out ways to make your brand visible to everybody. So get right on top of social media. Even if you don't like it, get someone to do it for you. But really important, you know, constantly update your education side of things, listen to podcasts, um, read blogs, just there's a constant need for keeping abreast of what's going on in your industry. Um, and also, as I said before, get onto committees or be a part of groups where you can actually bat stuff off other people the whole time. I think mm. that whole visibility and you know engagement piece with not only your own community, but the, the workplace community is a really important thing. You won't feel so isolated in business when you do that. I, you know, honestly, as you're talking, I'm like, oh my gosh, this advice is so good. And it's so clear to me that you, you live business, like, you know, I, I run my own business. So what you're saying, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. So if anyone's listening and they haven't started a business, what she's saying is gold. <laughs> and anyone who's already And don't business, be afraid, oh, no. just jump in the deep end. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Jump in the deep end, make some stuff up as you go along, because there needs to be both. You know, you need to have a bit of fly by the seat of your pants but know that, you know, at times you're really going to have to knuckle down and understand exactly why something's happening. So yeah. don't be afraid to learn on the go either. Yeah. And so COVID for you, has that been a major sort of impact disruption um, from, from your business perspective? Look, I guess when we talk about the West, we talk about it again, like it's a different country to the rest of Australia, because what we've experienced post-COVID compared to you know, the lockdowns that the East has experienced, we're in a, a different situation. We've had very little disruption to, I guess, businesses being able to be open. And so for us, it's more that we're seeing more fatigue in the market now in that, you know, people have only been able to travel in their state largely. And so they've been going to the same places trying to service, you know, the state tourism, I guess. And so in terms of where we're located in Yelling Up, it's kind of like, you know, a holiday playground for Perth, realistically. So it is somewhere that a lot of people come on a regular basis and they certainly have continued to do that post-COVID. But what we're seeing is that they've done everything now. You know, they used to go to all the major places, then they sort of filtered down and checked out all the smaller off the beaten track kind of places. So it's now getting them to re-engage and say, hey, I'll come back to you on a regular basis when I come down or I'll purchase your product when I'm back home in Perth. And so that's the challenge at this point in time because they're almost coming down south now and going, okay, I've done everything. I'll just bring everything down with me from home and I'm just going for a chill out holiday. So yes, the tourism numbers through the area are high, but actually getting the engagement and the, the actual sale through the businesses is proving more challenging now. Mm. So I guess for me, I'm having to look at alternate methods of getting cheese to people, You know, not necessarily relying on that experience uh, based scenario that a lot of people seek with us, you know, to come and taste, have a platter, have a glass of wine, actually taking it to them. So sort of saying, well, we have these grazing boxes, we can put wine with it, we can deliver it to your accommodation. Um, being more visible up in Perth for us has been a big thing as well. You know, it's a market I didn't really make enough product to service for a long time, but now I'm recognising that, you know, people need to see it here. They need to be able to purchase when they're not in the region as well. So looking into the wholesale channels for me has been a big part of the last six months. And again, doing more experience-based things to get people, you know, past that, okay, we've done a cheese platter and wine. How else can you engage with cheese when you come to us? Okay, you can actually go down the path of doing a cheese and wine pairing afternoon or come and learn how to make cheese. We'll host a private cheese class for you. 
So getting an engagement on a different level to what most people think of going to a, a cheese shop, essentially. Yeah, and sometimes just even look at yourself and look at your own, um, I guess, habits, spending habits. If you're going somewhere, what are you doing? Um, how would you operate if you were visiting the Margaret River region as a tourist? How do you get them to engage? What would you want someone to do to get you to engage? And sometimes even asking friends, family, you know, if they could just picture themselves in that situation, what would they want to see? So getting some really good, um, you know, objective responses from people surrounding that can help you build you know, a different way forward. Mm, I love it. Lana, we could keep talking for ages because both of us have identified ourselves as talkers, but I'll wrap it up and ask you to conclude by sharing your be the drop tip. So that's your top tip for communication that connects, motivates and inspires. Be authentic, 100%. Don't try and be anything you're not because people will see through that instantly. Know, Know your story, know you. Be authentic in how you translate it to people. You don't have to be polished and perfect. Be real, be raw, have fun. I love it. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Be The Drop. Don't forget to subscribe in order to ensure you never miss out on one of our weekly episodes. Be The Drop is produced by Narrative Marketing, where we believe that stories connect individuals and that powerful storytelling can positively impact the world. To unleash your storytelling superpower, visit narrativemarketing.com.au or check out our social links in the show notes. To contact me directly with any specific comments you have, you can email me via amelia at narrativemarketing.com.au. And don't forget that whilst a task or challenge may seem overwhelming, a waterfall begins with one drop and look what comes from that. This is a Narrative Network podcast.